It's not an endorsement of five-hour energy or anything. I've never tried five-hour energy. It may be a great product. Those of you who enjoy those kinds of things, I don't need any more of this. Well, that's why. <laughs> um, but wouldn't it be great if we were born with and equipped with and came with power indicators, battery life indicators, whether a long day from work, you don't want to bring up anything controversial if you're seeing one of these. Uh, or anything that you think is going to rub somebody or send somebody into orbit, it's, you just don't waste your time if you see one of these. Not happening. But when we see one of these, well, a lot can be accomplished. A lot can be accomplished relationally. A lot can be accomplished vocationally, maritally, when we're running on a full tank. But it's hard to know, isn't it? Because we don't have indicators. Well, some of us do. When you've been married a thousand years, you can tend to see those things in the other one sometimes and, and predict how those are going to occur. Uh, but it'd be great if we came with battery indicators. We were born with that. And to, to let our, both ourselves and other people know, I've got one bar left, and I need, I need four. I need to be living on four. According to the Scripture and according to God's plan for us and his plan for how we energize our lives, we are to go back to him and back to him and back to him for, for that replenishing, that refueling, that, that tank filling. It gets us up in the morning, at least, with four bars. Now, we may not have four bars at the end of the day. We can, we can see life through a different lens and have more energy for the things around us and the people around us than we often do. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to look today at, uh, at some verses together that give us, give us a reason to hopefully have hope again in the sense that we can recharge our batteries and, and re-energize ourselves to where... There's fuel for it, whatever we're facing. We're facing a hard place, there's fuel for it. Facing an easy place, there's fuel for it. Facing work that's difficult, there's fuel for it. Relations that are difficult, fuel for it. So I want us to see this today from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. I pray that the eyes of your heart, I love that phrase, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and sealed him at his right hand, seated him at his, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. And every name that can be invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, this passage breaks down this, this energy source, this source of power, or at least what we're looking at today, into two categories, the ones we get from the Father and the ones we get from the Son. Now, let's look first at the ones we get from the Father. Energy from life comes, first of all, from the Father's power, from the Father's power. Look at verse 19 with me again. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. His incomparably, incredibly great power for us who believe. When you look at God the Father, what do you see? When you think on him and you see how he's described in his word, what do you see? Well, I would submit to you that if one of the things near, near the top of the list isn't power, we're not looking through the right lens because he is an all-powerful God. Listen to these words from Job, how Job describes the power of God. He says to the snow, fall on the earth, and to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour, so that all men he has made may know his work, and he stops every man from his labor. The animals take cover. They remain in their dens. The tempest comes from its chamber and the cold from the, from the driving winds. 
The breath of God produces ice, and the broad waters become frozen. He loads the clouds with moisture, just like he did today, and scatters his lightning through them. He is at his direction. They swirl around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. He brings the clouds to punish men or the water of the earth to show his love. God comes in awesome majesty. The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. That's Job's description. If, you, if you're not looking through the lens, it helps you see a, a father that is boundless in power. We're not looking through the right lens because that power source is, is what we need to see. And get this, when we get a clear and continual picture of the power of God, clear in the sense that I know the Scripture describes it in this way that we just looked at in Job and in many other, hundreds of other ways in the Scripture. When I see that clearly, and I see that continually daily in my life, I understand the power of God to work in me, to work through me, and work around me. If I can't see it, if it's, if it's still unclear to me, and I still have questions and doubts whether, can God handle this or not? If I see a God through this lens, I have no doubt of he can handle this. Whatever comes my way, he's got it. He's, he's, he's all, all over it. So when we get a clear and continual picture of the power of God, we understand that he's bigger than anything we face more powerful than anything we'll address. When we see that and can grasp that, life starts to make a lot more sense for us because we start to see God's not against us. He is helping us in the middle of the storm. Sure, he can deliver us from the storm, but he chooses oftentimes to walk us through the storm instead of deliver us from it. Why? So that we'll see and understand more clearly and more more continually his power, see his hand at work in us and around us. Uh, He's bigger than anything we face. He's bigger than addiction. He's bigger than depression. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than loss. He's bigger than divorce. He's bigger than hurt. He's bigger than job loss. He's bigger than, he's bigger than that. Whatever you face, whatever, whatever valleys you find yourself walk, have walked through or in, in the middle of walking through today, he's bigger than those valleys. Yet we'll never see that until we see the hand of God as the hand of power in our lives. When we do that, when we allow the power of God to penetrate our circumstances, to penetrate our mind, to penetrate our will and our wants, we start to get a bigger and clearer picture of who he is. And that, and that that problem, that, that, that source of angst starts to diminish and our strength and our energy starts to increase. Why? Because we gain that and glean that from him instead of ourselves. Instead of thinking, this is all on my back. It's all, if it's going to be, it's up to me. That's the wrong equation for you and I. If it's going to be, it's up to him. And when I see that and start to walk in that, my sense of peace starts to increase. My sense of energy starts to increase. My sense of, of satisfaction in him starts to increase because I see it's not all on me. When that happens... We discover an energy to navigate life that we didn't have before. Why? Because we see he's, he is before us and ahead of us, navigating those things for us. But we've got we to first see it and stop living in denial of it and then put it, put it into action, apply that to our circumstance, to our life, for us to look through the lens that he wants us to see his power through. Energy comes from the Father's power. Secondly, energy for life comes from the Father's strength. Look at verse 20 with me. That power is the same power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The mighty strength he exalted when he raised Christ from the dead. This passage implies that the strength to overcome death with life is the greatest strength there is. And that's true, it is. It also implies and is telling the truth that the Father, if you get a picture that, and I, I really never looked through this lens until recently, probably in the last four or five years, seen this passage and others that dovetail with it very well. If I start to see, if I start to see God as, as this, this being nothing for him, raising his son Jesus from the dead, I'm looking through the long, wrong lens. It says here in this passage that he exerted his power. There was some exertion 
to raising Jesus from the dead. What does that tell us? It tells us that God put all of himself into it. That it wasn't just flippant to him. It wasn't just, yeah, come on out, come on out. This is nothing to me. His power, it was nothing to his power, but it was everything to him in that situation, in that circumstance, to focus his attention solely and totally on raising Christ from the dead, overcoming death with life in Jesus. Now, what that should tell us is this. He's not flippant as it concerns as it concerns your needs and your power and your energy and things you need out of life. He's not flippant about that. He's not. He doesn't look at that or take that idly. He is exerted with you. He's invested with you. And when I can see him saying, "I'm, I'm pouring my power into that situation," it, it, it causes me to see a, a, a God who wants to be there with me and not just has to be there with me. That should make a big difference to us in the, in the, in the sense that it's not on us; it's on Him, and it's on Him because He wants it on Himself. So. Here's his power to overcome death with life. And if we're, again, if we're seeing the, the Father's power as, as uh, disengaged, that this idea of exertion here engages himself in that situation. So his power is not disengaged in that. Notice here that God exerted himself with his mighty strength, is the words he uses here. That also can be seen in Isaiah 40. Listen to these words from Isaiah 40. See the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or the breadth of his hand has marked, off, has marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on scales, or the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord and instructed him as his counselor? In essence, he's saying, whatever it is, as big as you can fathom, your God is bigger than that. Whatever problem it is that you face, your God has it in his hand. His hand is big enough to hold your issue and your problem and your world. That should be a great comfort to us. It often isn't because we think he needs our help, and he doesn't. He's got it. His mighty strength that he talks about there. Whatever we're too weak to carry, whatever we're too weak to overcome, he is more than strong enough to carry and to conquer. My problem and your problem is we think he needs our help. We think we need to engage with him. God, let me me help you see a side of this you don't see. He sees every side. Now, he may choose to work in one way and one, one way specifically with you, but he sees every side. And if he's working in a particular direction, that direction is for your good. Now, present circumstances may not define it that way. Present circumstances may say, Can I, what's the way out of here? And he says, no, the way out of here is not the problem. I want you to see me in the middle of here. Seeing me in the middle of here gives you a better picture of me than you've ever had before because it's, you see me and my ability and my power to, to, to exert, exert myself into your situation to say, deliverance is not the answer, redemption is the answer. Perseverance is the answer. Seeing a side of me you've never seen before is the answer. So that when this comes up again, and it will, when valleys occur again, and they will, you'll see me in the middle of the valley and not look for for a way of escape. You'll you'll learn nothing by escape. He's strong enough to carry and to conquer those things. Somehow we think that if we're strong enough, smart enough, connected enough, we can navigate this world without his power, without his help. And I'll tell you, we're going to end up like this when we do that. We're going to walk in a continual state of, man, I used to have the energy for that. I used to have the energy for work. I used to have the energy to be a better, a better husband. I used to have the energy to be a better friend. I used to have the energy to engage people's lives. What happened to that? Well, I started walking in my own strength. I started thinking, I got this. Now, you can handle the big things, but I got this. And over and over and over again, this turns into this. And we find ourselves at the end of the day thinking, what happened? I, I never dreamed that this would become such an issue. It's because I, I, I tried to walk in my own strength and, and solve that issue in my own strength, and we weren't designed for that. We need the strength of the Father. We're not smart enough. We're not strong enough. We're not connected enough. 
to, to see ourselves and our, and our way through and out of those situations. We need the Father's power. We need desperately the Father's strength. Now, let's turn to the Son. Energy for life comes from, first of all, the Son's authority. Look to verse 21 with me. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that can be invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. What's he doing? He's painting a flow chart. Wherever you guys work, you probably have a flow chart. Or most, most places of work have a flow chart, except Crosspoint. Uh, but, the, you know, the, here, these six people answer to these four people. And then these four people answer to these two. And these two answer to the CEO, the, to the top dog. What he's describing for us here is a flow chart. And he's saying, whoever you saw, whoever's the biggest deal in your world, in your, in your generation, those bow the knee to Jesus. Over all power, over all authority, over all dominion, over every leader, over every king, every, every, every ruler, every, every conqueror that's ever been, all will bow the knee to Jesus because he is, as this passage describes, the authority over all of that. Paul's saying here that our source of power, our source of energy comes from the one with whom it all starts and stops. All authority, all power, all energy starts and stops with Jesus, he says here in this passage. So he says that he is our source for that, and he is the one to go to to recharge. you got phones in your pockets or your purse that have to be recharged. i got tools. i got a phone, too, that I recharge occasionally when it needs it. My wife recharges hers almost hourly sometimes, and I, I can go two or three days sometimes on a charge. Anyway, just let that go wherever it needs to go. But but we, we have to charge back up, charge phones back up. I have some cordless power tools that I run just like an electric tool, or better sometimes than an electric tool when they're fully charged. When the battery starts to go, the work starts to suffer. It gets slower. <clears throat> Here's the thing about charging. It's got to be plugged into a source stronger than it. I can't plug my phone into a source as, as, as the same strength or weaker, weaker than my phone and expect it to charge. It's like trying to fill a tire with 20 pounds of pressure from a tank that's got 10. That tire's not going to fill up. You may hear it, but nothing's happening. In fact, the, tire, the air from the tire's probably going into the compressor instead of the other way around. We, we need to charge to a source bigger than and stronger than ourselves. When you charge tools or you charge anything with a battery, it needs to be plugged into a source that is of greater power than what's being charged. That's exactly what he's describing here to say, when you see Jesus through this lens, that he's above all, all power, authority, dominion, above every ruler that's ever been, you see him in the sense that he's the go-to. He's the, he's the one to go to. He's, he's, he is the end all. It's not me. He's the one that I plug my, my, myself and my career, my life, my marriage, my, my, my world back into. And if, honestly, if we're expecting our spouse, if we're expecting our, our, our career, what do we do for money? If we're expecting our relationships with friends. If we're expecting our toys, if we're expecting, if we're expecting anything to do that for us besides him. We're going to be in disappointment because we're going to end up again at the end of the day, just like this. Wondering, how did I get here? I felt pretty good when this all started. When this, I thought I had this circumstance before it hit me like a ton of bricks and here I find myself empty again. When we go to the stronger source though, our energy is sustained over longer periods of time. I remember when working with tools, uh, this will make no sense to you if you're not used to cordless power tools, but there was NICAD batteries and lithium-ion batteries. And the NICAD batteries were strong, really as strong or stronger than lithium with as much torque for a drill, for example, as a lithium, but the lithium would last longer and, and charge quicker. Why? Because it's a better source. There's something inside that, that, that battery that's besides acid that, that holds, that, holds that, that, that charge for far greater time and charges much faster. 
He's saying here that I am that source. You, you get a, a deeper, more longer-lasting charge when you come back to me rather than going to whatever, whatever substitute you're deciding to use, a chemical, uh, a pill, a, a drink, a, a friendship, a relationship, work, whatever it is that, that you feel like t- fills your tank and charges your life. He said, I'm the source for longer periods of time where your energy is, is sustained over greater periods of time. And, and I found that to be true in my own family. <clears throat> in my own family, as I saw my, my mom's health start to deteriorate and my grandmother's health start to de- 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 uh, deteriorate, where they would go to, uh, I had a conversation with somebody just this past week about after my dad died, my mom uh, had a bout with pneumonia that re- she really never recovered from. And in talking to her after that fact, I would go over and eat lunch with her a couple of days a week, and, and I, she would just start to eat less and less. And she'd put a circle of peas on her plate about like that, and, you know, like, that's a bite. Now, why are you not eating? Or I'm just, I'm fine, son. You, you eat all you want. Here, I'll give you some more. You eat all you want. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. And after a couple of months of that, I, I kind of saw where this was going. I said, Mom, what's up with this? She said, Son, I'm not hungry for this or for life or anything else. I'm ready to go. I said, Okay, well, how can I help you go? I, want, I, don't, want to be, I don't want to be a stumbling block. When I started to see that her source, her, what she longed for was not on the plate, but was on another plate altogether. What she was seeing in her vision was not what was in her home or in her world or in her life, but in another place. And when I started to see, okay, this is started to make sense for me that the source changed her source of desire and strength and courage and what she wanted to see in her life was something totally different than any, anything that could be found here or consumed here. And so that's exactly what Jesus is saying here when he says, I am that source. I am that authority. I, I'm the one to go to for, for giving you what you need when you need it and helping you see it and understand it. When we can't see through that lens, as I said, oftentimes it is hard to, to, to glean and understand. So he is that connection. So where do, where do we find the connection here in a practical sense? Well, obviously his word, obviously by way of prayer. But he speaks in verse 22, and we'll look at this in just a second, about the body of Christ being that connection. That The body is that source, and we're designed for that. That's what the church is supposed to do. We're designed to, to encourage each other, to build each other up, to lift each other up, to pray for each other, to, to spur one another, that Ephesians says, onto good works, to doing good things. If we're not that, we're, we're failing at our job. I'm failing as your pastor. We're, we're failing as each other as believers who walk together in community. We're failing each other to, to not be a source where somebody can go, come on Sunday morning or come to a small group or have lunch together or some other time or come to men's Bible study or something else to say, I glean something. I, I walk away wiser, deeper, feeling, feeling more confident in my faith and better about if, if, that's, not, if that's not happening, if, if that's not the outgrowth of this body, we're, we're failing each other. We need to encourage each other and build each other up and pray for each other and come alongside each other when it's easy and when it's hard. In fact, even more when it's hard. And we should be that source of recharge and we should be the, we should be the lithium-ion battery to our culture, the body of Christ should. It should look to us to say, that's where to charge. That's where to find some answers. That's where to make sense of what, when life doesn't make sense. That's where, excuse me, where to go. And when we see ourselves as that source, we long for community. We long to make those connections. That's, that should be part of the reason I hope why you come here on Sunday is to make connections with each other and reconnect those relationships with each other, to draw strength from and encouragement from each other. He is that authority. The body is. We, we are individually weak and suffer weaknesses. We, we're to, we're to complement each other with each other's strengths. 
this hand, as I go through life, is becoming more and more arthritic. My mom's hands were drawn in arthritis in later years. And, and uh, in fact, I, I tried to talk her several times and let me put a dishwasher in her house. <clears throat> she never wanted a dishwasher. I couldn't figure out why she wanted to wash dishes. Until finally she kind of said, son, and every time she said, son, I knew something pretty, you know, like, I knew shut up was either going to follow or listen, you, you stupid idiot, or something along those lines. I knew son, something, something serious would follow. She finally told me, son, I don't want a dishwasher. You see these drawn hands? I love sticking them in the hot water. I love washing dishes. I love, it's therapeutic for me. Made sense to me. I never bought it again about dishwasher. And I, it's making more sense to me today. I, Especially this right hand, I, I love it in hot water. It, it, it starts to feel like it used to feel when I was 30 years old. And I'm learning to compensate. This, is, this hand is getting a weaker, uh, having a weaker grip. It's as strong as about as, as it's ever been. I'm learning to do things with my left hand that I didn't do before. Why? Because this one's, I'm picking up the weakness of the weak side. That's, that's how the body's designed to do it, how, we're, how those batteries recharge to say, I want to. In fact, that's what mar- how marriage is supposed to work. Filling in the gaps of each other's weaknesses. Filling in the gaps of, with, with our strengths of where they're weak. And that's why God also often places us together with opposites. To become what we can't be on our own. We can't be ourselves. And that's how the body is supposed to function. Is to say, I'll build up your weak parts. I'll pray for your weak parts. I'll come alongside your, your need and plug myself and my prayer and my, and my life and my, my money and my time into your need. And that's what the body, how the body is designed to, designed to function. But our authority for that and our source for that is Jesus himself. Finally... Energy for life comes from the Father's power, the Father's strength, the Son's authority. And finally, energy for life comes from the Son's fullness. Look at verses 22 and 23 with me. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The fullness, I love that phrase, of him who fills everything in every way. What's he saying? Have you ever felt the pressure of the buck stopping with you? Have you ever felt the pressure that if this lives or dies, if this is successful or not, it's, it's on my shoulders? Well, the reason we feel that pressure is we understand that in the middle of that pressure, we're not all that. <laughs> we're not the be-all and end-all. Yet that situation or our job or our work forces us in that, in that time and circumstance, at least, to be the end-all, be-all, end-all in that situation. We know when we're not that because we, sit, we sense and feel that pressure. And that's exactly where that pressure comes from. We aren't the ones, we, we discover this uh, sometimes the hard way, we aren't the ones who fill everything in every way. He is the one who fills everything in every way, every situation with everything it needs, every, every point and problem and purpose in my life with all of himself, all of what I need. He's the one who fills everything in every way. Um, we're oftentimes can, if, we, if we'll seek to live out of the overflow of our lives, to where when this isn't true always, we, can, we, we know that this is coming back when we go back to the source by way of God's word, by way of prayer, by way of the encouragement of the believers. We know this is coming around the corner. So we develop energy to get from, from the red to the green again. Why? Because there's some, there's some mileage, there's some experience of saying, I know where to go. I know where the source is. I know where to, I know where to glean energy for life from this situation. And so when we see ourselves as, as not filling everything in every way, but he is, is the one doing that, we, we find out that I can, I can live out of the overflow when I'm full, when I'm empty. I can, I can long for when I'm full. I don't know where to go to fill up again, and I live out of the overflow of that. It's kind of like 
Your mom ever let you lick the cake pan, you know, when she's making a cake at home? And, and whether there's a wooden spoon or a spoon, whatever, whatever she couldn't get out of the pan to get in the mixing bowl to put it, you know, or put in the pan, cake pan to stick in the oven was what was left over. And I love to lick the leftovers. In fact, I like to lick the leftovers just about, probably about as much or more than the cake itself. But I realize the cake is the end game, not, not the, the contents that's, that's not baked yet that I'm licking out of the, off the spoon. So I, I'm, I, what I'm doing is I'm licking the overflow looking forward to the cake. When you and I can see, see our, our, our Lord Jesus as the source, the overflow of, of, of how you and I live should come out of what he has done. He's got enough mileage with me in this direction. He's shown up this many times, and here he is again, and here he is again, and here he is. And we, we start to put those markers in our life and say, God showed up here and here and here and here, and he'll do it over here. Why? Because I've got a track record over here. He's shown up over here. He's revealed himself. And, and taking care of these situations over and over, sometimes decades old. Here are these markers in my life. That, based on that, he's going to show up in this situation. So we glean from the overflow of what he's done with what he's about to do. Do we feel it and see the end of it? No, we don't. But we know because of that that he can do this. That's, that's what I'm talking about, by living out the overflow of who he is and what he does, his, the, his fullness of who feels everything in every way. Paul is saying here that if we want to live life at a higher octane, than we do, and most all of us do. We want to live life at a higher octane. We can't find that in the temporary tanks that we chase it in. We can't find it in the temporary tank of food or of pills or of alcohol or of relationships. Or of, we can't find that in temporary tanks. We have to source that from a permanent, refillable, constantly tank. He is that, he says. He's the one who fills everything in every way. One of the most unique phrases in, in all of Scripture describing him that way. He fills everything in every way. The only sustainable source, and we've, there's a lot said now about sustainability. It's, it's probably where, a buzzword wherever you work in this. We need to find sustainable sources, sustainable resources. And sustainability is, is, is a great buzzword now. You know what's really sustainable? The sun. He says here, I'm the sustainable one. I'm the one who fills everything in every way. I'm the one who sustains you in need. I'm the one who, who breaks you through fullness. I'm the one who fills, fills back up an empty tank that you have. It is done through the fullness and power of Jesus because he, he as this, this phrase says, is the one who fills everything in every way. Now, it's all great news, Tim. It's, you know, I believe it. There it is sitting there in Ephesians chapter 1. How do I get there? Well, let me leave you with this. It's this. The key to our battery life often depends on what we're seeking. The key to how our battery life looks and, and comes across often, most often, depends on what we're seeking. What do I mean by that? Well, let me ask you this. Are you seeking pleasure or power? Are you seeking for something temporary that pleases you in the moment or something that sustains you over a long period of time? Pleasure or power? Here's another way to ask that question. Is your life a picture of compulsion or a picture of connection? Do you find yourself drawn to this because that's what I want? Or do you find yourself following after him because he is who I need? Compulsion or complexion? Pleasure or power? It all depends on the source. You know what you'll find sustained energy for? Power. Seeking his power. You know what you'll find sustained energy for? Connecting to him. Staying connected to him. Our, 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 our energy source for power, or, our, or rather our energy source for pleasure and our energy, energy source for compulsion fades quick. You know why? Because the new wears all of that pretty quick. He is the one who sustains he is the one who charges the tank. He is the lithium-ion battery. 
He's the one who goes, who's the energizer bunny that just keeps going and going and going. And we go back and back and back and back and back to him again. And it continually over and over fills us up. Why? Because he's the one who fills everything in every way. He always has. Why are we looking for temporary sources to do that? And finding ourselves empty again and again and again and again. He says, come to me. I'm your source for power. I'm your source for sustainable energy. I'm the one you look to to fill your tank again. Let's pray.